As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Allocation Disorder. I am Sam Stasekul, joined as always by my friend and colleague, Paul Tenorio. Paul, MLS is back. Season kicks off on Saturday. Whole slate of games this weekend. For me, Paul, the season is about a framework, about new possibilities. I feel like we spend a lot of time discussing framework for MLS and what it should be and, and how the league, what confines it should be in in order to grow best well this year i feel like we have a better idea of that framework than we've had in a long time you know first year of a 10-year deal with apple we've talked a lot about that on this show but first year of expanded leagues cup as well we know kind of how the league is trying to grow it's through those two vehicles now we'll see how they execute so new possibilities for mls new potential very curious to see where it goes i don't know how it's going to go but i'm very curious to see how it progresses. We are going to do a whole show today previewing the season. Our customary terrible predictions will be coming in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say, like, let's hope they're better than last year. Let's hope they're worse than last year because I think that's the real <laughs> challenge here. Yeah, every year we try to get a little bit worse at predicting MLS. I think that's pretty, pretty obvious. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I think um, for the most part, this show has 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 proved um, how much and yet how little we know about this league. I think that can be said for anyone that follows this league or works in this proved, league. I think it's proved how difficult it is to predict MLS. I mean, you know, Paul, total crapshoot. The, the team that you know, the big market team, spends a ton of money that missed the playoffs in 2021. They won the Shield and the Cup in 2022. You know, the team that set the all-time points record in 2021 missed the playoffs. In 2022, the team that won the CCL first MLS team in history in May missed the playoffs in October. Like nothing makes sense in in this league, really. And that's by design, right? The league wants it so that you don't know whether your team's going to be good or bad. You don't you. Everyone thinks their team's going to be good. Some of them are going to be bad. And that's what (laughs) they want. Does everyone think that? I don't know if DC United. Yeah, that's not true. Um, Most teams, most teams feel that way, I think, for sure. It makes, you know, I, I think there are pros and cons to that. We've talked a lot about that on this show as well. Uh, but it makes episodes like this, Paul, kind of fun. Because <laughs> yeah. we don't, we, we got no idea. But we're going to try and put our name. We're going to put some things on the record anyway. Uh, where do you want to start here? Are we doing a little off-season review? We did a little bit of an off-season review last week. But, but I think we can drill down on a few things. So you, you want to kick us off here? All right. Well, let's, let's do it. Okay. Last, year, last week, we talked about three moves that we liked. Um, I think we need to get a little bit more specific here. What is the, what was the best move of the off season for any team in MLS for you, Sam? Well, we didn't put player parameters on this. No. So, so I'm still going to pick Wilfred Nancy to Columbus. I think that one will have kind of the longest tentacles. Um, I do like a lot of things that different MLS teams did this, this winter. I think New York signing Dante Von Zier, Evander and Portland's, um and your pick as well uh which which i'll leave to you 
um, I think was a really good one up north. Yeah, I, I, I took Sean Johnson going to Toronto FC. I think a really good goalkeeper can can w- get you points in this league, and we know it can actually. And Maxine Cripo last year. Yeah, and th- that's a, it's a very similar move when you have a veteran in net who who kind of keeps things locked down for you, keeps you in games with big saves, helps to organize the back line. It can make a big difference. And for a team like Toronto that has the attacking pieces, they've added a lot of balance to this squad. And I, I just really like Sean John to Toronto in kind of what it gives Toronto FC for this season. So um, they struggled. Know, they've they have struggled in goal for a few years yeah. now. So so that should be kind of a big marginal gain for them. Yeah, exactly right. And and I think they're going to be better than most people expect this year, partly because they went looking for a little bit more of that balance, both at the end of last year and, and, and into this window for sure, the January window. All right, moving on. We're going to go through the offseason kind of quickly because we've got a lot of things to go through here. Which team, Paul, do you think had the best offseason as a whole? Well, I think I think it was Orlando City. Um, we We both worked on a GM survey that's coming out uh, later Thursday, we're going to do an episode on it um, next week, early next week. And, you know, this was a name that popped up a few different times as far as the the, the teams that did the best. And and I look at Martin Ojeda as, as maybe one of their most important signings of the last few years. Guy who scored a lot of goals over the last two years at Godoy Cruz in Argentina. They need they need goals. They need playmakers. And they obviously Facu Torres had a really, really strong back end of last year. Now you've added another threat um, as well in the final third. Um, I, I really like it. Uh, I like um, the the fact that they're going to be more dynamic, the fact that they're going to have more than one threat at, on goal. Um, I, I just think that like – and, and I also want to, to mention they had a signing last year. Or, sorry, I want to mention Duncan McGuire first, the draft pick out of Creighton has really impressed this preseason, scoring a lot of goals, setting up goals. He seems to fit the system really well. This is an Orlando City organization that has drafted number nines very well. I was there for Kyle Laren. Then Daryl DK came. Now they might have another one in Duncan McGuire. Um, I think it's a credit to the front office and kind of how they look to find pieces in many different places. That's a name I think everyone should have their eye on going into this MLS season. Hmm. Um, won the Herman breakout Trophy. player of the year, perhaps. Yeah, Herman Trophy winner, rookie of the year type of signing. So, you know, for me, I, I, I just like what Orlando City has done. And uh, I was on the, the train last year. Um, I mean, you're so, always on the train, dude. You're a homer. Everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you just love Orlando. You can't help yourself. I get it. I really can't. I really it's, can't help myself. City beautiful. Paul's just going to go they, down. To- they added Felipe, who who like is Orlando City in his he really, personality. He really is. God, he like, fits them. You know, when you start adding guys who just like perfectly fit, you know, the personality of the club, I think it's a good sign. And then I also want to mention Gaston Gonzalez, who they signed last year, um, who didn't play because he tore his ACL in his last game in Argentina before coming to Orlando City. So that's kind of like a new signing for them as well. Yeah, I like what Orlando did a lot as well. Um, I like what Philadelphia did. It wasn't like super like high profile, but they stayed intact. They brought back basically everybody. Um, they added some good depth. Joaquin Torres, I like that acquisition for them in terms of his ability to change a game and spell some guys like Gazdag if he needs a rest. Um, so I, I like what they did. Uh, I like what Toronto did. Uh, Sean Johnson, you mentioned, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Toronto here in a moment. Um, but, but I like the additions that they made. Um, I think betting some other guys in, they had so many mid season additions last year. I think getting a full preseason will be a big game changer for a lot of that. A lot of the guys on that club and go back to Columbus again with, with Nancy, um, you know, they weren't quite as active on the player front. And I have some questions there about what that'll look like. You know, losing Artur, losing Mensa—it's a bit of a bit of a regime change or a sea change for the crew. Curious to see what the center back picture looks like. But I think for me, Paul, I keep going back to Toronto. I think that's the one. Um, I could be so wrong with my with my takes on TFC. I'm sort of going out on a limb because some of the moves they made are very—they're risky. The Hedges one in particular sticks out to me. Um, with his age and kind of his injury history, uh, he there's a chance he might not be able to stay on the field. 
and Toronto's dealing with some of the same issues that they've dealt with in the past. But if he can stay healthy, I think he would be similarly impactful to Sean Johnson and what you talked about. So I'm going to say Toronto um, and run the risk of looking really stupid. Yeah, well, you know, in our GM survey last year, I think like the Chicago Fire won for best offseason as a whole. And, and Speaking uh, of the Chicago Fire. Yeah, so we're, which team had the worst offseason? I'm going to say it's the Chicago Fire. Surprise, surprise. Um, it's funny Your favorite. They actually got some votes for best offseason simply because they sold John Duran for $18 million they made a lot of money. and, and Gaga Slanina for $10 million. So I get it. I get it that, that on that end, it was really good. But at the end of the day, your job is not just to sell players. It's to put a, a good team together. And they didn't do almost anything. Um, you know, they, they added a, a right back to replace John Duran, a starting right back. And that's not to replace John Duran. He's a striker. Not sorry, a right to, add, to replace John Espinoza. <laughs> and that's pretty much it. Um, a goalkeeper, they have another rookie stepping in, Chris Brady for Gaga Salonina. Maybe they end up getting better there. Salonina wasn't great last year. Um, but they, Brady, they another young U.S. international, by the way. Yeah, they, they didn't they didn't improve the left back spot, which was needed. They didn't improve center back depth, which was needed. They didn't improve midfield depth, which I think was needed. They haven't replaced Duran, which is definitely going to be needed. They haven't replaced Shabilko, who's still on the team and didn't work last year in a single <laughs> striker system. You can't really replace a guy while you still you have him. Can you? Of course you can. Of course you can. <laughs> you replace him in the starting lineup. So they have all these needs that they went into the offseason with, and they addressed one of them, and it's not enough. Uh, they they are going to get a healthy Jairo Torres, presumably. Who th- sure, which they'll they get a healthy Jairo Torres, but a, that that's a guy that's already on your team. Like you need to get better, and you can't just say, "Oh, we expect everyone on the team to get better." Like even then, you still have holes that aren't aren't Shakiri and and Jairo Torres. You know, you those guys can't play number nine for you. They can't play left back for you. They can't help out in midfield um, depth. Uh, when they're on the field as starters. So I was just disappointed with the lack of production in the offseason for for Chicago. And maybe, I mean, look, signings are probably still to come. But right now, today, February 23rd, Chicago Fire have not had a good offseason. You know who else hasn't had a good offseason, Paul? Club de foot. Club de foot. Similar in some ways to Chicago. They made a lot of money. They did a very good job selling players. Kone off to Watford for $8 million, I believe. Georgie Mihailovic to Alkmaar for $6 million. Uh, Alistair Johnson to, to Celtic for, I think, three and a half. Uh, I'm not great at math, but I think that's $17.5 million. That's, that's a pretty good haul for a single offseason. Um, they did a good job of replacing Johnston. They may have even upgraded by trading for Aaron Herrera. Um, I talked a little bit about the the impact about Montreal last week, you know, that they retained Victor Wanyama, which I think is huge, but it's an older team. They lost a lot of talent. I don't know how they they're, they haven't really made a move to, to replace Georgie Mihailovic, who they were way worse when he was out last year. And then the coaching situation, they lost Wilfred Nancy. Um, you know, according to people that I've spoken to, he wanted to leave largely because of conflicts with the owner, Joey Saputo. Uh, so he's gone. He was excellent created a really good system, had the players going for it. Uh, and they replaced him with Hernan Losada. I don't think Hernan Losada is necessarily a bad coach. It's just very different stylistically than Wilfred Nazi. Um, you're going from possession, uh, you know, play with the ball, keep the ball, use the ball, disrupt opponents with the ball to press, 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 run, 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 run. Who cares about the ball? We're just going to disrupt. And I'm not really sure they have the players for that. You know, you talk about Kai Kamara, a guy who wants out, who is like almost 40. Ramel Kyoto, I don't believe, has ever played back-to-back 2,000-minute seasons. He had 2,000 last year. He's in his 30s. Um, I, I just see them taking a big step back. And, and I think some of that was inevitable with the sales, um, but they haven't done enough, in my opinion, to replace them. And then the coaching transition, while certainly not on the front office, I think the fit there is it's just it's just a – it's going to be a big transition and it's not a natural one. And so I think it'll take time to kind of get up to speed there. And I think it'll be a bumpy ride up in Quebec this season. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with any of that. I think, um, 
anytime you have major, major change too, there's, there's going to be some bumps in the road in general. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about some of the transfers we saw in some of the transfers we saw out. I'll start off with the transfers out. Um, you know, we'll go through a couple names here. John Duran, Georgia Mihalovic, Kone, Alistair Johnson, um, what, which first, moves yeah. you, you just talked about the three Montreal guys. Uh, obviously Chicho Rango leaves, uh, Julian Araujo goes to Barcelona B. Which of those outgoing moves do you like the most? Which guy do you think is going to make the biggest impression at their new club? And and which ones do you have questions about? Um, you know, I didn't really think of it in those terms, Paul. I was viewing it through the lens of how this affects their MLS teams in the here and now. Yeah, well, well which one has the biggest positive or Arango. negative impact, I guess it would be? Arango. You know, I think it was pretty clear. We talked about this. We've written about it. Um, Steve Chirondolo didn't love him. That being said, he, he all he did was score goals and run into the stands to kiss his mom after he scored some of them. Um, not his mom. Just It was just a joke. <laughs> uh, anyway, that moment will forever live in my mind. Uh, but they don't really have a number nine in to replace him. You know, you can play Vela up there, of course. You can maybe play Buanga centrally. Stipe Buk, I definitely butchered that pronunciation. The new Croatian under 2022, under 2022. U22 signing. I'm all over the place here, Paul. Um, they brought him in. He's an attacking piece. Mahala Opoku can play up top as well. Uh, but they don't really have a natural number nine anymore. I think they'll figure it out. They do have an open DP spot. Um, that has to be either a young DP or somebody that you know is making less than the max TAM threshold. Uh, keep keep an eye on that for sure. But for CCL implications, you know that's that's coming fast. I still think they'll do well in that tournament. More you have that, them winning the tournament. We'll that get to that bit. later. You have them winning. But it. it gave me pause. Okay. I like Chicho Arango. And, you know, I wish LAFC had liked him a little bit more. Yeah, I agree with that, man. I, I, I you know, we're getting to an earlier segment, but I don't think MLS wins Champions League partly because Arango's not there. Um, and I think when you're replacing a goal scorer in number nine, it's really, really difficult. I think to to adjust and replace that production. Maybe Trendolo and LAFC will prove me wrong, um, but I, I think that ends up hurting MLS's chances to to win back to back Concacaf Champions League. You know, I actually think the Duran sale, you know, in the short term hurts Chicago a lot. He was their best striker at the end of the year. He changed well, the five, way they played. Five goals in the last yeah five, games? five yeah. goals in the last five games and he, you know he gave them a counter-attacking threat that at least Someone kept them in games <laughs> yeah he could get in behind the back line they have no one else on the roster that could do that zero people so you know i but you i mean it's a sale you have to make like i mean it's a ridiculous amount of money for a player who is still super raw he actually looked pretty good on the weekend coming in for aston villa um i think you know i think he has for sure potential to develop into a very good player but, um, you know, you can't say no to that kind of money. It just, I, I think it, you know, they need to, they need to act quickly to get some, some speed on well, the field. They are looking up for top. a DP striker. So we'll see if they can get that over the line. And I think a U22 striker as well. Yeah. So they're looking for multiple guys there. Paul, we had not a ton of high profile transfers in this winter. I think it was, you know, last year we had a lot of big names or several big names anyway. Uh, Shakiri, Insigne. Uh, I think Herrera, I can't remember when that was announced. Maybe that was in the summer. Um, we don't have that star power this time, but potentially some some impactful ones. Uh, which new arrivals are you looking at in particular to to make a big, big impact this season? Well, there, there's two especially for me. It's Evander in Portland, $10 million transfer fee, Brazilian who he can score goals, he can assist. You look at his numbers, you look at his production, that's the expectation coming in here um, to Major League Soccer. Uh, so I, I think he's a player who, who probably is going to make a big impact right away in Portland. Mm-hmm. And then it's the one I mentioned earlier, Martin Ojeda. Um, you know, this is a guy who has 27 goals over the last two seasons in Argentina. And I, I think, you know, when you see that level of production from a winger, it gets you excited because we, we've seen wingers from Argentina – um, from the Argentinian league come in and do really well in MLS. And, and so I just have a feeling like, I don't know, it's not often I think that you see those types of, that type of goal scoring numbers from from a winger in general. Um, so yeah. to be a guy who's gone 15 and 12 back-to-back seasons, pretty good sign that you have a chance mm-hmm. to have a, a pretty productive player. 
especially when he's playing across from Facundo Torres, who went nine and 10 last year was seven and five coming in his last 11 games. Didn't start the season that well, but once he got settled, he was firing. Uh, so combine those two with your boy, Duncan McGuire, and it could be a scary situation for anyone that tries to go in front of Don't the wall. Sleep on dunks. On dunks. Don't sleep on big dunks. Dunks. Bro. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sleep on big dunks. Altenorio. Uh, I also spotlighted those two. Um, I'll give you a third. Georgios Giacumakis. I don't know if that pronunciation is correct, but I, I gave it an effort. Um, I think it's right. We'll ask Klopas later. Okay. Comes into Atlanta United on a DP deal. Not really their typical profile of signing. Uh, you know, I think it had been reported that maybe that they were looking to do a loan initially, and then that didn't happen. Uh, they signed him to a multi-year contract. Uh, about $5 million transfer fee. Good goal record. Good age, right in the middle of his prime, 28 years old. I think for me, the thing that, that makes me believe in this is not so much his resume, but it's more the players behind him. Luis Arujo, Tiago Amada, even Derek Etienne on another wing, a free agent pickup that they had this winter in Atlanta. I think Atlanta is going to have a bounce back year. I think those two DPs, Arujo and Amada, will be really good in particular. And they're going to have to set, they're going to have to set up somebody. And that's going to be Georgios. And I think he'll get 15 plus goals pretty quickly, actually, and ease that sting that maybe Atlanta fans are feeling about the departure of one Joseph Martinez. Uh, Paul, let's take a quick break. Yeah, come back. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to make some picks. They're going to be heinous. You're going to hate them. They're going to be so wrong. We'll come back later in the year, probably, and, and laugh at ourselves for how stupid we are. Uh, stay tuned for that. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. Paul Tenorio, my man. We did the show late last year about how wrong we were about our 2022 season predictions. I'm not going to rehash that. You guys know we're idiots. We just like to pretend that we're smart. So let's do that exercise again. Paul, you want to start? Pretend that you're smart. Give, give me your Eastern Conference rundown. How do you want to do this? Are we doing alternating? Are we doing... Look, I, think it, I mean, I look, think it I'll, better. I'll, I think I'll say this. better if we alternate. From a show. We, we can alternate, but I will say, like, we are very similar at the top of our Eastern Conference standings. Actually, we have the same. We have the I same top three. I haven't looked at yours actually. So this. Is yeah, I'm looking right now. So I have Philadelphia, Toronto, Cincinnati as my top three team. I guess we'll go top four because that's those are the home teams in the new playoff format. Philadelphia, Toronto, Cincinnati, Cincinnati Orlando, in my top four. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we've touched on all of these guys. Philadelphia, you know kept that team together which is no easy feat in the salary cap league brought in some good depth some added some pieces toronto gonna be motivated talked about yeah toronto we've talked about a little bit as well we like the depth we like the balance that they've added to this team we both expect insigne to to be better this year um having had an offseason everything to settle in i think he's going to be very very good so bernadeschi too i believe in the Um, italians (laughs) <laughs> yes, we are very pro Italians uh, on this show. Um, Cincinnati, I, I felt a little bit questionable about this, but the goal production is still there, and and I like the way that they've been building this team out. A full, um, and, a full and year really of Miazga, and, a full year of Miazga and Wobido. I think it's yeah. going to be big for them defensively. And then I just touched on Orlando and and the pieces that they've added. I thought they had the best offseason. I think they have. Um, some good pieces there. I still think Oscar Preha is one of the better coaches in MLS. So that's 
that's my top four. I'll, I'll keep going here to round out the playoff field. <laughs> I got to add five more teams to round you're out not the gonna, You're not going to let me give my fourth. Oh, you're going to do your top four next? Okay, I get what you're yeah. saying. We'll so bounce our, back and our forth. Our top right. three is the same, but I have I have Atlanta as number four. Because um, you're a big Giacomacus guy. Well, I just think they got better. And and they added you know a center back, which they badly need to do. Luis Abram. Miles um, Robinson coming back after missing basically all of last season with his Achilles tear. They were crushed by injuries last year. So you get guys returning to health and you add some new faces into the mix. I think they'll make a big jump. Um, and I, like I said, I think Tiago Almada is going to be really good this year. I think he was solid last year on a team that struggled. Went to the World Cup. Didn't really play. Played a little. Won the damn thing. He's going to come back. He's going to be feeling good. man. <laughs> He's going to be super confident, super ambitious, ready to take his career to the next step and level up. And, uh, and yeah, I think Atlanta will be good. All right. Um, I'll go five through nine now to round out the nine team playoff field in the East. Uh, I have Red Bull New York at, oh, no, I do not. I'm like, well, I don't think I had that. I have New England at five, Columbus at six, Nashville at seven, NYCFC at eight, and Atlanta at nine. So obviously I'm lower on Atlanta than you, but I do think they'll sneak into the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, when I was looking at this, um, you're high on New England. I am high on New England. I I think that I th- I thought last year was like just way too far of a regression. I don't think they're that bad. I don't think Bruce Arena is going to have back to back bad seasons. They have a very good goalkeeper, which we've already stated really helps you stay in games and helps you add points to your season. Carlos Hill Hill is still incredible. Right. They have a. I mean, and they they have good players. They have Dewan Jones is a good player. Matt Polster is a good player. You go up and down that roster. They have, have a guys. Bow, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. but they have guys that keep He's you good. in games. They have guys that help you compete to get points over the course of the season. And I don't anticipate this is the, the thing that really threw me off about making predictions this year. Part of it was like which teams are most likely to take the league's cup seriously, and which teams are more likely to say, nah, let's focus on the regular season. I think Philadelphia is going to be an example of that. They've got a lot of homegrown players. They're not going to be afraid to throw them out there on the field during League's Cup, rotate the squad a little bit more. You know, whereas New England, I think New England is not I, I just don't see Bruce Arena being like, let's pay attention, you know, really strongly to the League's Cup. I think he'll be another guy <laughs> who rotates and in in that tournament, I think that helps them stay fresh over the course of the year. Um Columbus, I think Wilfried Nancy gets them back into the playoffs. They weren't that far off from being a playoff team no, last and, year. And they have a full year of Cucho Hernandez this year. Yeah, and I, I think that's an easy one to, to put back into the playoffs. Nashville, every year they find a way to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. um, somewhere in that. I, I don't see them up at four or five, but I, I think they're a, a playoff team. NYCFC was an interesting one for me, Sam. Still they, very incomplete. I'm just I, I this is a belief that the team will come together over the course of the season and that by the mm-hmm. end of the year they'll do enough to get in now that there's nine teams. And then Atlanta, I just, I, I, I'm kind of at a, I'll believe it when I see it thing with Atlanta at this point because I did, I did been just a mess. to win the supporter shields and MLS Cup, I think last year. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe yeah, a little. Yeah. All right. Sam, that was my five, my five through nine. What do you got? Um, pretty similar. I have Orlando fifth. You had them fourth. We both have Columbus sixth. Both have Nashville seventh. Um, I have New England eighth. You had them fifth. I have NYCFC. Ninth, you had the eighth. So basically, you just swap New England and Atlanta pretty much, and our picks are almost identical. For me, the the East, there's this great middle in the East, and it was tough to kind of predict them. Like I picked the Red Bulls tenth; they could finish like fourth or third. Yeah, I agree. And, with and that. Like, like I think you can do that with like a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference. I think Philadelphia is the clear favorite, but I think beyond them, when I look through, like. I mean, even Charlotte. If you told me Charlotte finished third or fourth this year, I'd be like, okay. Yeah, and and um, we'll get to this in the West. I think like the the East is top to bottom better. I think the West stronger. is top heavy. Or like their top is better. Their top three. I I'm like the even, top three here, I'm, but I like the top. I'm three not even West. sure I agree with you on that. I think the East is a lot stronger as a conference this year. I, 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 I mean, I agree. I think top to bottom, the East is better. Mm-hmm. I just think the top, very top of the West is better, which yeah. might end up swaying the supporter shield standings toward the west but um so we we both have you know i i said we both have red bull 10 my 11th is is miami 12 charlotte 
13 Montreal, 14 Chicago, 15 DC. Very similar to yours. We're actually identical. Just flip-flop Miami and Charlotte. I have Miami ahead of Charlotte. Yeah. You have Charlotte one spot ahead of Miami. That's, that's, I mean, a, that's I guess, a good sign for all these teams. I guess, I guess we don't think that Messi's coming this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If Messi comes, this is all just, just throw it out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, we can go through all the reasons why these teams are not good. I actually kind of like Charlotte and I felt a little bit bad about picking I, Red Bull, level. Charlotte, Miami, all three are teams I could see finishing in the playoffs. Yeah. Like to your point about there's not a huge separation between not just, for me, not like just five finishing and, with a home playoff game and 12, you know, between five and 12, I don't see a, a ton of separation. I do think that Montreal, Chicago and DC, if they do not improve their rosters significantly in the next few weeks, are going to be around where we have them. I think DC is going to be a tire fire. I think it's yeah. going to be absolutely atrocious. Like, We're not hearing good things. Atrocious. We are not um, hearing good things. I think there's going to be a lot of drama there this year in a yeah. bad way. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, keep an eye on that, DC United fans. You haven't endured enough last place finishes over the last decade plus. <laughs> I think you might have another one uh, this year. Are they your wooden spoon, Paul? I think they're mine. Yes. They're yeah. my wooden spoon for sure. All right. Moving to the West. Uh, Again, I, I you you looked at my picks. I didn't look at yours because I'm honest and you're a cheater. Well, I looked um, at I, I looked at them when I pulled <laughs> open this document that we're both sitting in. <laughs> we're both reading off the same document. You say you don't look at them. They're well, right I mean, here in front of you. I, mean, I, I, I made my picks before you, so you know yours weren't in there when I was putting inputting mine into this this sheet that we have with a couple of our colleagues. Um, whereas you saw mine because our names are right next to each other alphabetically in this list. Of I didn't. People. I didn't. I didn't copy you. Is that what you're saying? You copied me. I didn't anyway. Copy you. Uh, Western Conference. I don't know how similar we are. Are we similar? Let's find out. We we both have the LA teams one two. I'm, I was surprised. very surprised that you also had the Galaxy high. I thought I was going to be. I thought this was going to be my nuts on the table prediction for this show too. I think a lot of people are high on the Galaxy. Yeah. What the heck, man? Ricky Pouge, baby. Yeah. It's a good midfield. It's a really good midfield. And I I don't know. Like their wingers aren't going to blow your mind. Douglas Costa is still like. But yeah. I like Memo Rodriguez. I think Efrain Alvarez, like, is he going to be a huge star? Like, no, I don't think so. But he can be a useful player in MLS. Chicharito and Yavelich, super productive. Um, we'll see in the back, you know. And There's to be still clear, questions there. But you have LAFC one, Galaxy yeah. two. I have Galaxy one, LAFC two. So. Yeah, that that is bolder for sure. Yeah. So what 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 made you comfortable with that order? <sighs> I, well, it's uh, Chicho You're Arango. not comfortable. It's with Chicho it. Arango not being up top. I mean, Opoku scored a lot of goals last year. I still think anytime you move a goal scoring number nine without having another goal scoring number nine, who you know what you're going to get. Like Arango, you you didn't like him and you still knew what you were going to get from him. He scored goals and he scored big goals, by the way. So mm-hmm. to move that on, you don't run into me, the stands to kiss your mom for a small goal. <laughs> stop, stop it. I, I just, I don't, I really didn't like that sale. And, and it's reflected here by dropping them all the way to second in my Western Conference standings. Um, <laughs> I agree with everything you just said about the Galaxy. It's year three of Greg Vanny's project. I think he's one of the better coaches in MLS. I think he was starting to figure out this team a little bit more towards the end of last year and added some complimentary pieces, got rid of Cabral, gave the team a little bit more flexibility. Um, They have some room to make a move to make that team better, and I think they're going to. Um, So, yeah, I... I I just I I this I again I thought I was making like a a sexy and different prediction and there's like I look yeah. across our whole your, staff your finger is not on the pulse clearly yeah what the heck I, there's one two three four people that have the galaxy finishing second in the West and I got them first I'm the only one that's got them first but still you have was, Austin you have Austin third I am Austin not third. high on Austin yeah you dropped Austin so yeah. hold on let's go through your top five and then or top four and then we'll come back okay. to my top four finish round them out. I have Seattle and Kansas City, third and fourth. I've got Austin and Seattle. So we're not that different. I have Kansas City fifth. You've got Kansas City fourth. I've got Austin third. You've got Austin fifth. So our top five is the same. It's just we swapped a couple teams. Um, that's 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 bad that we, yeah. we think too often very similarly. I, But I do think like just based on what it looks like on paper – this was an easier one, an easier conference to pick. I, I, 
I mean, we're we're going to be completely wrong. So that that line is definitely one to like save and rip for the for the show where we review these picks. But I think like Kansas City is a team that I think with with uh, Pulido coming back, I think it's going to be Agata and Tommy having a full season. Yeah, and maybe Gadi Kinda coming back as well. Right, Seattle. I think is definitely due for a bounce back season. Joe Paulo, Joe Paulo coming back. I think is so huge. I really thought about dropping them. I. I, I did. I, I'm going to wait. I, I just am very interested to see how this team continues or doesn't with Garth Lagerway gone. Like, I, I just, both I mean, Garth Lagerway and Chris Henderson, who were the, they were the, the people who put the, these rosters together. Um, I'm just interested that's, to see. That's a longer tale, though. That's not this year. That's that, right. That, that's yeah. why I, le- I left them up here. But I am interested to see what happens over the next few years. Um, Sam, we're very similar over the rest of the playoff field, too. I have Dallas, Portland, RSL, Colorado. Let's let's talk about Austin for a second. Sorry, go ahead. I have them fifth. Yeah. You have them third. Yeah. I I actually remembered picking them sixth, but I guess I don't. A lot of people, some of our colleagues are picking them first. I think we have a shield winner or two um, for Austin. Their expected goal difference last year was negative, Paul. It was worse than the Chicago Fires. I believe it was worse than Real Salt Lakes. It was worse than the Colorado Rapids. It was worse than Atlanta United's. Like the, Brad Stuver accounted for a lot of that. Sebastian Drusi accounted for a lot of that. Those two guys are still going to be really good. So, uh, like, there's there's part of that there. But I think it was a little bit smoke and mirrors last year, in some ways, for Austin. Not that they weren't a good team, but just that they weren't maybe as good as the standings indicated. And I think you had some down years from teams like Seattle and Portland in the West and Kansas City. And I think those teams will bounce back this year and maybe overtake Austin in in, in the conference standings. Yeah. Poor Kansas City. I mean, they were just ravaged by injury last year. Like I just well, I just I, older I team, that. man. That's the run that you run the risk yeah. of that. Yeah. Peter Vermees back, by the way, a new five year deal. He is a coach, coach for, for life, life. GM for, for life. life. Yeah. He's just in charge of everything for life. Oh, Paul's coughing. Peter Vermees is in charge of this podcast as well. You all right there, buddy? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, I made the mistake of not having a water next to me while podcasting, which is just a this massive is the first, mistake. This is the first show we've ever done. So, you know, you'll just learn. a massive, massive mistake. <laughs> rookie, rookie error. All right, I'm going to round out the freaking playoff field now. I have sure. Kansas City 5th, Dallas 6th, Portland 7th, RSL 8th, Colorado 9th, Sam, you are Austin, Portland, Dallas, RSL, Colorado. So very similar. And, you know, I I really tried to think about how to do this differently, even now just looking at it. And the fact is, like, when I said to you, like, in the East, I felt like top to bottom better and all these different teams we could switch and swap. Like, the bottom of the West to me is is very clear. And the Mm -hmm. top of the West to me is very clear. And that obviously sorts the middle out. I mean, the, the... they're just the teams that are below the playoff line here. I think all have a lot of work to do to be playoff teams. Yeah. I mean, I could see Vancouver challenging, you know, I would put them in that group with RSL and Colorado. For I mean, sure. to, to go down, we've got Minnesota, St. Louis, Vancouver, San Jose, Houston. Those are the five that we have in, in varying orders. Minnesota is the other one where if Reynoso, Reynoso, Reynoso comes back and starts playing, I, I, I think of them differently. But with, with Reynoso and without Reynoso, they are very different. Without teams. Reynoso, they're no good, like yeah. at all. I don't know how they create goals without him. Um, I think it's going to be a struggle for them this season. Uh, I have Vancouver, Minnesota, San Jose, Houston, and St. Louis. You're higher on St. Louis. I, I thought that was another one just Actually, to throw it in there. We, we're doing a, an MLS season prediction piece for The Athletic, and I think we had, what, like eight people predict stuff? And you are the only person that did not pick St. Louis to finish last in the West. Here's why. You, here's why. You picked I'll them to you. finish 11th. Yeah, here's why. Ba- because, barely missing the playoffs. <laughs> because for a couple reasons. One, Charlotte showed that, you know, last year that if you have a decent starting 11 and if you can stay relatively healthy, you'll be in the hunt. You'll be in the mix. And I spoke, we, we did this GM survey. I spoke to two different GMs. An executive survey. Paul. An executive survey. And one of the people, a couple of the people I spoke to saw St. Louis in the preseason and said that their first 11 or 12, 13 players are pretty, pretty good. They were, they were surprised by what they saw in the quality of the starting group. Um, 
and the first couple off the bench. The depth, big problems. Same as Charlotte last year. This is a weak, weaker Western Conference, in my opinion. And so based on that scouting report, I thought, okay, if they can get enough games out of that starting 11 in a weaker Western Conference, they could be – and they, they ride the bump of opening their stadium and all of that. And, and they stay healthy all year? Well, no, they don't need to stay healthy all year. I, I, I mean, I think, again, I think League's Cup helps this year a little bit in kind of breaking things up. I, I don't have them as a playoff team. I have them 11th, but I think that they are going to be kind of, I, I wanted to pick one surprise, shake things up at the bottom here of, of, of teams, all of which I have very little faith in. And, and I ended up, you know, based on that scouting report of how St. Louis looks, giving them a little bump okay. up to the 11th spot. All right. Um, do you think, I mean, for me again, it's playoff format, mostly single elimination, <laughs> not entirely, but mostly. Um, so anything can happen. But again, I look at the East and, and I think it's kind of wide open in a lot of ways once you get to that tournament. When I look at the West and I look at my projected playoff field, I don't see nine teams that can make a run to MLS Cup. I see three or four. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, and in fact, I mean, what, are we are we going to this now? Is that where we are at MLS Cup? Yeah, we are. are. we going okay. to what now? No, we're, gonna, we're doing the Shield first. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I I agree with you and it influenced my picks. I I really, I I think again, the East is a little bit more difficult. I think Philadelphia is built to win a supporter shield. I think they are built that way in the terms. Again, as I mentioned, I think they'll rotate during the league's cup. I think that'll help them. Um, They have good depth. They have something to play for. They They want to get a trophy. Yeah. They have the continuity. I, and and I think that they're going to end up, winning the supporter shield. And then I, I, when I looked, I actually, because we did these conference breakdowns, I, I basically went through and played out how I thought the, the playoffs would, would run with these teams. Oh, you bracketed it. I bracketed it. And I ended yeah. up with the galaxy winning MLS cup. So, wow. I also picked Philadelphia to win the supporter shield. I didn't want to Paul. I didn't want to, I think yeah. the East is tougher. I think that makes it harder. I think they're yeah. going to make a good run in CCL historically when teams have made good runs in CCL, they, their regular season form suffers. Um, I think they'll be more focused on the playoffs and being right for those than winning in the regular season this season. Um, but ultimately some of the quite, so, first of all, some of those same things apply to LAFC. So, you know, that's, that's a, I think LAFC will be less concerned with the shield after winning it last year. Um, I think they'll rotate a bit more. They don't have the same level of continuity. They have a lot, they don't have the same level of continuity as Philly does. So I think they'll have a few more bumps in the road. So that takes them out. I picked them to win the East because I think they're the class of the East, even with all of those other things that I just mentioned. So that's how I arrived with them at the Shield. I did not pick them to win MLS Cup. And again, I think I'm probably going to end up looking heinously stupid here, Paul. Um, but I wanted to go out on a limb as well. So I picked Toronto FC. Yeah, uh, I think this feels like my Orlando pick last year. This Toronto uh, pick, I I wouldn't say that because like if if they're at their ceiling, they're going to be really really tough to knock off. Like they have probably the most talented player in MLS on their team, right? <sighs> which which one? Insignia. Insignia. Insignia is the most talented player in MLS, but they're they they have two that are excellent, and and they have a lot of pieces around them that are pretty damn good too. And, and so I think in a playoff format, when the games matter most, we've seen it time and time again, DPs take over, DPs win games, DPs win cups. And I think if Toronto gets into a playoff format, I like them to take out Philly for that reason. And yeah, I think I would like them to take out whoever emerges from the West too. So we'll see. They could miss the playoffs and I could look like an idiot, but um, I don't know. There, there are a lot of things that could go wrong in Toronto, injuries being the main one. Um, but if they are healthy, Injuries and, and, and personality clashes. Let's not leave that out of here. Yeah, but I'm, I'm not so worried about that, honestly. Um, you know, they added not just Hedges, but another center back in Rosted out of Norway. Like, I, I just think, uh, I don't know, they're old, it's frail, it's precarious. But if they can stay together, <laughs> I think the ceiling is, is matched by very few other MLS. Anytime you can bet on one of the oldest teams in the leagues to be the last team standing after 60 game season with uh, 
League's Cup. You don't Open have to Cup, be the last team standing. Canadian Championship. Maybe maybe they'll get hurt early, right? Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is sort of what I'm thinking. They'll get hurt early, recover, and then be fresh and rested for the playoffs. Perfect. All right. All right. Paul, we've done, the, our, we've done our team predictions. I think it's time that we take a break. We'll come back with individual awards. Afterwards, stay with us. Allocation Disorder. This episode is supported by Season 3 of FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League 2 after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher division. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenges and rise again into League 1? FX is welcome to Wrexham. Catch all new episodes Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to Allocation Disorder. Paul, I'm not sure who the MVP of this podcast is, but we are in agreement on who we think the MVP of the 2023 Major League Soccer season will be. And that is... Is, is Lorenzo Insigne for both of us. As we mentioned, we are very pro-Italians uh, in general. Michele Giannone, yeah. Lorenzo Insigne. Giorno. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, you know, that's also an MLS. Oh, no, it's not, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah, we both have Insigne winning. Yeah. <laughs> we both have Insigne winning MVP and Golden Boot. Those kind of usually are linked together yeah. or very Go closely together. Hand. Yeah. He's continuing the strong tradition of short Italians in Toronto dominating MLS. Sebastian Giovinco was first. Lorenzo Insigne, the heir apparent for both of us. Um, Again, a lot of this, I think, rides on health. We could look like idiots because this guy, he he could get hurt. He's not a spring chicken. He's not old, but he's not young. And, And so we'll see how it goes. He wasn't overwhelming last year. Six goals and two assists. Uh, in I think 12 or 13 appearances in, in MLS. He did have some injury issues, but I don't know. We're both betting highly on TFC as a team. And if you're going to do that, I think you automatically bet highly on Insigne. So here we are in agreement. Yeah. yeah. In agreement again. Um, all right. Defender of the year. Uh, I really didn't know what to do with this one. I, I went up and down the standings looking for somebody else. Uh, I ended up with, with Jacob Glesness. Uh, from Philadelphia, you also have a Philadelphia Union player in this category. I, I do. So you're going back-to-back Defender of the Year for Glesner. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it to the guy who should have won it last year, Kai Wagner, the fullback. Um, this award never goes to fullbacks, but I think the fact that, that Philadelphia are going to be defensively strong again, in my opinion, I think the fact that voters maybe won't want to give it to Glesner back-to-back and maybe they'll want to recognize Wagner – um, of course, he could be sold midseason in theory. <laughs> which I, really I factored that into but, two of my picks here. Um, but but no, I think I think there will be a little bit of a course correction on this one. Um, Paul, interestingly, we both both picked Philly Union defenders. Neither of us picked Andre Blake for goalkeeper of the year. Yeah, well, you know, he's what is he won now? He's won like three of them. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there's a little. I look, I I really like the Sean Johnson move. I think when a, I think a goalkeeper going to Toronto and, and helping make them better is going to give him a boost in the voting that people will be like, oh, they are better because of Sean John. I think that gives him a boost. And I was I mentioned your pick earlier I for helping the team his team um be be stronger than what are you, you thought they were gonna be for me. No, What's but I, I just I that you mentioned worried about a sale with Wagner. I was worried about a sale here as well and and stayed away. With Georgi Petrovic of the New England Revolution, Serbian goalkeeper, came in last year and played really, 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 really well. Um, you know, there was an argument that you could have given him goalkeeper there last year over Andre Blake. He didn't play a full season, which I think worked against him, and I think rightfully so, to be fair. Um, but I think this year he's going to be excellent again for the Revs. I don't think they'll sell him midseason. Yeah. He's I, mean, I don't know. He signed a new contract. There was interest there. I could see it happening. It was. It gave me enough pause 
I, I agree. I think he's the favorite for goalkeeper of the year going in this year. I think even if they sell him midseason, you could see a Galga Slonina situation where you sell a guy mid-year and he's immediately loaned back until January and he finishes the season with the Revs. So yeah, maybe I, I'm picking him. I still think Andre Blake will be maybe the best goalkeeper in the league. <laughs> um, but I think there's going to be some voter fatigue there mm-hmm. and, you know, right or wrong. I just, I just think that's what's, what's going to happen. Uh, that's a little unfair to Andre Blake. I don't think Sean Johnson is going to be near those two for the record. I think he's good. I think he'll make a big difference in Toronto, but I think those two are cut above. Uh, Paul coach of the year. LA Galaxy. I'm picking the Galaxy to finish first in the West. And we do the picks before MLS Cup, but I also have them winning MLS Cup. So, (laughs) Greg Vanny, if Galaxy finishes first in the West, I think Greg Vanny's winning this award. Thus, I picked Greg Vanny to win this award. That's that's logical. Um, I picked Pat Noonan, even though Cincinnati's going to be finishing third. I think this is going to be like, again, like I was trying to like get inside the mind of of the voting pool. And I think this will kind of be like a two year achievement award for Pat Noonan. Getting Take, into the mind of the MLS award voting pool. How are you yeah. doing? Are you sane? Do you feel sane? Did you get lost in there for a while? Oh, Paul, I never feel sane. You know, <laughs> that's true. Uh, true. So, you know, I was just putting on my MLS player, my MLS executive, and my MLS media member hat. And I was like, you know, I think Pat Noonan, he's a well-liked guy across the league. Uh, and I think they'll give kind of a, uh, you know, a two-year achievement award for this one taking them from three straight wooden spoons to two straight playoff appearances in a high finish in the East this year. Paul, we forgot to put executive of the year in our prep sheet. Super, oh, we'll, super we'll well do thought that. out. We'll, we'll do that on the fly. All right. We'll do it on, right now? Or well, let's, no, let's we can, we can, we can announce some that we've, we've already picked so that we can okay. give ourselves some time to think. That sounds good. All right. Young player of the year, which is defined as somebody under 22. Uh, they have to be born on or after January 1st. 2001 we're getting old buddy um we picked the same guy for this you want yeah, to give I, a feel? I went and looked at facundo torres's age he is not eligible for this um we have tiago almada look the guy played at a world cup i think he's coming into this season motivated to get the heck out of mls as fast as possible i think he's going to play well i think he's going to put up numbers and i think he's going to be the young player of the year i agree with that uh, newcomer of the year. I've talked about this guy already. Georgios. Ge- I, I'm not even going to try. Georgios. Atlanta's new Greek striker, number nine. Um, Almada is going to be great. Araujo is going to be great. And Georgios is going to score a bunch of goals. Paul, you've talked about your guy too. Yeah, I took Evander. Again, a guy who's produced both goals and assists um, pretty consistently over the last one few thing, years. One thing I've heard with Evander from somebody that's seen Portland this preseason is that he's he's doing well. Um, he's showing kind of his stuff, but he seems to be elevating the guys around him too. And and that's huge for a Timbers team that I think needed that a little yeah. bit, needed that new energy. They have talented players a lot on the downslope of their careers at this point. I think they needed a little extra juice, and he's bringing that according to what I've heard. All right, homegrown player of the year, Sam. Who you got? I got my man, Cade Cowell. <laughs> just, just suns out, guns out, man. <laughs> um, he looked good in that game, uh, the U.S. friendly against Serbia. I thought that was a good confidence start. I think Luchi Gonzalez will be good for him uh, out there with the Quakes. I think he'll get a lot of minutes, and I think he'll score a decent amount of goals and rack up a decent number of assists and maybe get a move at some point as well. Um, I don't know if this this is one that that where potential transfer worked into your thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm going with Kate Cal. Uh, you know, and I also, I, I wasn't sure if he still counted as a homegrown because he's got a new deal. I, I thought about his suits for here, which is the easier pick to make score a lot of goals. Yeah, I don't he's think he count but him. I don't think he counts. That's like counting Giassi's artist as a homegrown. Not really. It's just that he's on his second contract. No, at the, in the stage of their career. <laughs> <laughs> um, I took, I ended up taking Aiden Morris, which I don't love as a pick. But he's a guy who wow who, sell it sell it to me, Paul. I, I don't love it. I mean, <laughs> yeah, whatever. First of, all, sucks. first of all, they don't win award. You don't win awards for for things like playing the number six. Okay, you just no, don't. No. You don't win awards. Two, I do think he is another guy who could end up being sold. I'm not talking for a lot of money, but I think he could be another guy who gets moved abroad eventually. That is going to be aspiring to move along. Um, 
but really I just was going down the list of, of players. John Tolkien is another one I think would have been a, would have been a good one probably for me to, to go with here, but he's, he, feel better he's, about that? he's a player I think is going to get sold too. Like I think Tolkien and Cowell both get sold. Um, okay. So I was factoring that in. All right. Breakout player, Sam, what do you got? Interesting. Breakout player of the year. I, I don't think I can pick Facundo Torres. He was too good. Yeah. But yeah, he broke like, out I, just, the I do year. want to say this again. He had seven goals and five assists in his last 11 regular season games in 2022. I think he's going to have a huge year for Orlando. Um, but a more true candidate for this award, Dylan Barrero in New England. You know, he brought in last year, three goals, two assists, 600 minutes. I think he's going to get a lot more time this year. Obviously, he's there from the jump. Maybe uh, maybe a Tejan Buchanan type up there. Um for the Rebs, I think he'll have a big year. So keep an keep an eye on him, Dylan Barrera. Yeah, I, I have another one that I don't know if it counts. Talos Magno started 32 games last year. No, um, it does not count. He scored seven goals, had 10 assists. But Absolutely I think he is going to be the guy for them this year. Um, he's going to be playing number nine, which he's not been amazing. Yeah, at. I, but they're gonna they're gonna depend on him to do a lot. So I think his numbers are going to go up. Um, you know, here's one that that could have been in in both the homegrown categories and here. Like Caleb Wiley started 18 games last year, had a goal, two assists, played well. I think he's going to take a big step up this season as well. He's another Atlanta guy who United. I think will will be sold. Um, yes, the, the the defender from Atlanta United. So that's that's another guy I'm keeping a close eye on this year. I could also, for my breakout player, put my guy Dunks. Obviously, Dunks, Dunk Mac, Big Dunks, Mac McClung. Of MLS. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam. Will an MLS team win Leagues Cup? No. I think MLS will do well in the tournament as a whole. I think it's structured that way. But when you get to the business end of these things, the business end, when you get down to business, um, the, you know, the business end, <laughs> I think uh, the Mexican teams at the top, those grandes, they're, they're really good. They have a lot of money. They have better depth. Uh, they have maybe better top end talent in some cases. And I think one of those teams will end up winning the tournament. I think MLS will do well. I think they'll put a bunch of teams far. Um, and I think maybe they'll even make the final. Certainly they'll be represented in the semis, but I think in a one-off match against a big Mexican team at best, it's a coin flip for MLS in most cases. And I think uh, they'll lose this coin flip. I, I think they are going to win. I think it's, it's a real advantage for MLS just in general. Way more teams. All the games are in the United States. The Mexican teams are going to be on the road for several weeks. The teams that do get to the semis in the final are really going to have been on the road for a long time, away from mm-hmm. family, wanting to get home at the beginning of their season. And I think there are going to be a couple teams that are going to put a real focus on wanting to say that they're the first winners of the League's Cup. And so I think there are two teams in MLS that I pegged specifically as wanting going to go after that 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 title and it's seattle and atlanta and those two teams are two teams that i think are pretty darn good in mls and have shown that they can compete against the bigger teams in mexico too so i am basically betting on either one of seattle or atlanta to win this thing and and so i i say yes they will win leagues cup well which one uh, I, I I think narrowing it down to two is, is sufficient for today. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll say uh, I'll say Atlanta. Atlanta wins. All right, so week. Atlanta wins the Lagerway Cup. Um, got it. Uh, will an MLS team win Concacaf Champions League, Paul? No, no. Uh, early in the season, um, Arango's gone. LAFC was the best team in the competition this year for MLS. I think that hurts them. I think it hurts MLS. And I think a Mexican team wins the Champions League. I agree with everything you just said, except for the last part. <laughs> LAFC is going to overcome those difficulties and they're going to win. I think the bracket sets up pretty well for them. You know, you're looking at a potential semifinal against the Union, another MLS team. Um, you know, Austin actually has a decent bracket until a potential semifinal as well. Um, and then I think LAFC, I think it'll be LAFC and Tigres in the Who final. Who scored the goals for LAFC to beat the Union in MLS Cup last year? Gareth Bale. Who else? Kellen Acosta. Uh, and who was the third goal? Uh, was it Arango? I can't remember. So much has happened since then. Why are you asking me this? I'm looking. Oh, well, it was not. It was Mario. I, I was asking because I just wanted to... You know, just point out that the guy who's—it's not like Philly's like a team that they just can roll over and beat. Like they—they they not saying they're gonna smash them. Just saying. I'm just saying they're gonna beat them. All right. All right. All right, Sam. Executive of the year. 
Who you got? Um, executive of the year. Paul Tenorio. That's who I have. Uh, I think John Thorington will be in the running for this for sure. I think Ernst Tanner will be in the running for it again, the winner in 2022. He'll be in that mix. Absolutely. I don't think people will give it to Tanner. Actually, you know what? No. Putting myself inside the mind of the MLS voter. It's just going to go to the Shield winner. It's going to be Ernst Tanner again. I think it's going to be Chris Albright for the reasons you gave for for Pat Noonan. I think if Cincinnati... See, finishes, I, I couldn't do both there. It's only <laughs> one or the other. I think it's going to be Chris Albright. If they, if they have a good season, finish in the top four of the East even, I think it'll be enough to say... You took Cincinnati from being uh, three times consecutive but, just wooden spoon. They were butt. They were really bad to being <laughs> much better. So that I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say Chris Albright is going to win it. Okay, I'm going to ask this first so I have time to think about mine. Sam. Oh, I was going to do that. What is your nuts on the table <laughs> pr- prediction? Because we did not. Did you not know what? We're, we're going to like literally have to take a, sh- a short break. We're not going to go to commercial. We're just going <laughs> to pause as a show and then we'll be back. So just stay with us for two seconds. It's not seconds. going to be a short break for you. Yeah. We're going to be taking a short yeah. break in the recording of we this. We forgot make to our do producer our... Zimmerman. This is, yeah, this is good prep work. Zim, we're, we're gonna, you're going to have to edit this together because now we're going to think about it. Okay. We've had our pause here and we've thought about it. I, I went back and forth with some real, real big ones, but I just don't believe them. So I got to go with something I believe, even though it's a crazy out there prediction. And it worked well for me last year. I came pretty darn close to getting it almost like exactly on um, with Miguel Angel Ramirez being fired. I think I had in the first like 14 games and he, mm-hmm. he went in like the 17th. So I'm going to I'm going to follow that same formula. And I'm going to say that Wayne Rooney does not make it to the halfway point of the season as DC United head coach. I think he has gone before DC United has played its 17th game. Wayne Rooney will be gone as coach of DC United. That would not be surprising at all. <laughs> like not at all. Well, I still think it's, I think it's a good bold prediction. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying like, I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to this point, like the reports have not been great. Uh, it just seems like a big mess in a lot of different ways in DC. They are certainly short on talent. You're adding Mateusz click from Leeds United, the profile, doesn't really make a ton of sense for me as a DP. Uh, I just, I don't know. Nothing really associated with that club is making a lot of sense to me these days. Paul, I'm going to go with one, and maybe this isn't so out there either, but Emmanuel Reynoso will never play in MLS again. That's my prediction. He's, you know, hasn't been in preseason at all with Minnesota United. Adrian Heath did come out the other day and say that he spoke with his father and his brother. And that, you know, Emmanuel Reynoso wants to be here. He's had legal issues in Argentina in the past. We don't know exactly what's going on with him right now. There were reports in January linking him with clubs in Turkey and Portugal. Minnesota saying they don't want to move him. I, I just don't see this ending well. And I don't think I don't think Reynoso will be. I shouldn't say ever again. I don't think he will play for Minnesota United again. How about that? Now, see, that would have been a really good nuts on the table prediction. If you're like, Emmanuel Reynoso will be playing in MLS again, but not for Minnesota United. He will be playing for the Houston Dynamo and lead them. I was thinking the Houston Dynamo. (laughs) (laughs) Man, that's wild. Um, Yeah, it would be Houston or D.C. maybe. Maybe D.C. I don't think it would be Houston. I think Houston. I don't know. I don't think Houston. I think I could see it happening. I don't think Houston. I think D.C. Um yeah, what a mess. Maybe Montreal. That feels like a Montreal move as well. Um, maybe even Vancouver, perhaps. Anyway, point being, I don't think Emmanuel Reynoso has come back to Minnesota. I think they're going to be without him this year. And I think they're going to be bad because of it. So there you go. There's my there's my nuts on the table prediction. Brought to you, not actually, by Manscaped. <laughs> it fits, though. <laughs> it works. It sure does. Anyway, uh, Paul, this has been a fun season preview. I'm excited for the games. Which game are you most looking forward to? Oh man, I had the schedule up earlier to to anticipate this it. question. You don't know it by heart. I I do not know the entire schedule by heart. I you know I'm looking over it and I I was kind of chuckling to myself in the games that I'm like definitely going to watch just to torture myself on the first week of the season. Um, <laughs> You're such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think obviously the big one is I, I'd like to see. I, I'm excited for L A L A at the Rose Bowl and yeah, the granddaddy of them all, baby. You know that the El El Tráfico. As Felipe Cardenas loves to say, uh-huh. um, 
yeah, I mean, that's got to be the one that, that you're looking forward to the most um, in the opening week. Just, I mean, the atmosphere is going to be great. It's going to be really cool. I think, um, I think Portland, Kansas city is one I'm looking forward to as well. Um, Orlando Red Bulls, I think could be sneaky, really fun. I think that Orlando crowd is going to be great in, in a, there's such a unique crowd to me. I, I love that crowd. It's bizarre. It feels like a little sketchy and dangerous in a fun way. And I Always. like that. Always um, a lot of tank tops, a lot of tank tops, a lot of shirts off. Big fan. Um, Charlotte, New England, I think could be a fun one as well. Um, I, I, I think I'm interested a little bit in uh, Austin, St. Louis. Yeah, like, I was going to say Austin's going to beat the crap out of St. Louis, I think. Well, you don't you're not high on Austin and people I've talked to St. said Louis St. Louis either. looks decent in, in preseason. So this is a chance to see how dumb our picks are from the jump. All right. There you, I mean, I still have Austin finishing fifth in the West. So I like, know. I said that totally out during our conference thing. All right. Anyway, um, enjoy the first weekend of matches. We're going to be back early next week, Paul, with a little yeah. bit of a review of the weekend, as well as a more in-depth look at our executive survey, anonymous survey of MLS executives. We spoke to what? 21? 21 again? 20. 20. 20? We really okay. were aiming for 18. We wanted a full playoff field of MLS well, executives. I was. You, you got mad at me. People. You got mad at me when I went over and 18, and then, one for each playoff. Team. I, I, then I wanted to go to exact same numbers last year, but then I, I was done. So as usual, Paul ruined it. Um, but please go check out that story. It's our second edition of it. It's a lot of fun to put together. Uh, the answers are a lot of fun as well. Um, interesting perspective, a lot of candor. Thanks to the anonymity from the movers and shakers in MLS front offices. So check that out. This has been Allocation Disorder. We'll be back early next week, like I said, with a show. Enjoy the opening weekend.